It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Brady Trantham, and for the next 30 minutes or so, you will be locked on Thunder. It's Monday, so we've got a few things to look forward to and a few things to look back on. And actually, I'm sure everyone just wants to talk about the one win. No one gives a crap about the Knicks' destruction win on Friday night. That was the last time that I talked to you guys, was getting ready for that game. No one cares about that. I know what you all want to hear about. Let's talk about Thunder Celtics. We'll get into that more after the silly, silly, silly introduction. And you still don't know who I am. I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 and since 2018 with 107.7 the franchise, 107.9 the franchise in Tulsa as their lead Thunder insider, Thunder contributor. You can find my work at thefranchiseok.com. You can also find my other Thunder thoughts on my other Thunder podcast, the OKC82 podcast, which is essentially the post-game show that we do on 107.7 the franchise. That would be Madison Morris. And Matt Burton, our producer, 99% of the time, sometimes uh, somebody may be out, somebody may have to do something else, so then a Ryan Chapman or a Christine Butterfield may step in in relief mode for one of us. So, uh, yeah, just either tune in live after the Thunder game. We actually had a lot of people tuning in last night. Obviously, it was a little bit of an earlier tip-off. Plus, it was an exciting game with an exciting finish. And again, we'll get into that a little bit later. So we had a lot of interactions on the show last night. But if you missed the show, and in my opinion, had to be one of the best shows we've ever done. Um, But if you missed it, of course, like I said, we put it down on the OKC82 podcast feed. So just go there, subscribe, leave a review, and leave a review on Locked on Thunder, by the way. And I will greatly appreciate it. You can also tune in on Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. till noon to the Franchise Thunder Insider Show with Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Madison, and me. Thunder Hoops. NBA topics from 10 to noon. We love it. We enjoy it. Hopefully you do too, so please tune in. And also, really quick before we get on with the show, I just wanted to give a special shout-out to uh, ThunderFan68 on Apple Podcasts. Um, It's on the Apple Podcast uh, review page on the Locked on Thunder page. Uh, If you just scroll down and look where... If you wanted to leave a five-star review, of course, or a review... Um, you just scroll down, and the first one that you can see is from Thunderfan68. I just l- checked the other day just to see if there have been any other increase in ratings or reviews and noticed that you had put down a nice little um, <clears throat> review about the passing of my great-uncle Steve. I just want to tell you that I really appreciate that. Um, we actually had his funeral 
last Thursday up in Ponca City. And it was good to see a lot of family members, a lot of family and friends that we haven't seen for some time. But um, hey, Steve's a, he was a great person, and um, he had a, the church was full of people. So certainly touched a lot of people. And um, as I kind of went over, what was it, two weeks ago, what he meant to me, and especially what he meant to me in my career as I started it a few years ago, um, definitely going to miss Steve. So Thunderfan68, thank you so much for the kind words. I truly, truly appreciate that. That was a really nice thing to, to see when I was checking for reviews. Alrighty then. Yeah, the Thunder destroyed the, the Knicks on Friday night. Moving on. The Celtics win. Oh my goodness. The Thunder are now sitting at 40-24. and 24. Through 64 games last year, the Thunder were 39-25. and 25. Through 64 games this year, like I said, they're 40 and 24. Who would have thunk it? And just for some reference, the Celtics, who we all probably will agree, much higher ceiling than the Oklahoma City Thunder, and there's nothing insulting about that. We know the ceiling of this Thunder team, and it's not a it's not a finals contender. But the Celtics, in probably a little bit of an easier conference, 42 and 21. The Thunder are 40 and 24, and it's it's incredible. This win was made all the more incredible. Because Shea Gilles Alexander was out with a right hip contusion, and that was, of course, a little surprising. He played the entire Knicks game until late when Billy Donovan basically sent in the bench bench mob, the scrubs. Thunder had Saturday off traveling to Boston, and then all of a sudden, Shea Gilles Alexander is out. And thoughts on that really quick, because I know there's probably a lot of funny, like even Chris Paul had fun with it. I think his uh, exact quote in the post-game scrum was, I told the guys in the locker room, SGA out, thunder roll. Sounds good to me. There's your headline. <laughs> yeah, I understand there might be some like hot take Ewing theory uh, things out there concerning SGA not being in the game. And, and look, no matter who the starter may be, I've always felt like it's kind of easy to manufacture losing a starter in a one-game situation. And that's not all the time. We saw the Thunder without Chris Paul. Chris Paul means a lot more than just being the starting point guard on the Oklahoma City Thunder. That was the game where um, the day after Kobe Bryant passed away, Chris Paul stayed in L.A. with his family to grieve over the loss, and the Thunder lost a home game to the Dallas Mavericks kind of handily. SGA had a really bad game that night. But I've always just felt that you can easily manufacture – the loss of a starter in a one-game situation. You're just kind of playing off muscle memory, playing off some adrenaline. But really what it comes down to, and we'll get into this a little bit later, is everybody else that's going to have to step up into a little bit more of a role, a bigger role, I should say, a few more minutes here and there, you've got to make contributions. You've got to make positive contributions. It doesn't have to just be scoring. It doesn't just have to be defense. But you've got to do something. And just because you put numbers on a box sheet doesn't mean you're a great player. doesn't mean that if your team has the, the prettiest box sheet, doesn't mean you're going to win the game. But when you don't have your leading scorer in Shea Gillis-Alexander, guys like Abdul Nader, guys like Hamadou Diallo, guys like Terrence Ferguson who slid into the starting lineup, they have to make contributions. Now getting into the game, I thought the Thunder basically started off as well as they could have. And in fact, I kind of even pointed out on Twitter yeah, the Thunder were hitting a lot of trash in the first quarter. You had Dennis Schroeder hit, get a four-point play, you know, fortunate. But, you know, half the time in sports, you've got to be lucky. There's no insult there. Uh, Hamadou Diallo hit a corner three. And, uh, you know, Hami is a career 18% three-point shooter. So, basically, anytime he hits a three-pointer, 
I don't mean this in a rude way, but it's you know it, it's definitely a shot that the defense that the Celtics certainly want, and to flip you no know, to flip it on its on its side. So I'm not just dogpiling on on Hamadou Diallo. Every time Grant Williams shot a three, Chris Paul and the defense were like, "Yes, please do more of that. Please, thank you." But the first quarter ends with the Thunder on top, 29 to 26. But it. It was a little concerning because the Thunder at one point led 28-20. to 20. They seemed to be in control. They seemed to have all this momentum. A lot of that kind of stemmed from that four-point play. Dennis Schroeder gets fouled on a three-point shot, just heaves up a prayer, rattles right in, hits the free throw. And then all of a sudden, the Celtics go on a little bit of a run to close the gap at 29-26 heading into the second. And then the Celtics go on a 10-0 run. The Thunder kind of rebound from there to stop the bleeding but from the mid second quarter until about a minute three left in the second quarter the Celtics could not miss especially from deep Gordon Hayward was hitting shots Jason Tatum was hitting shots Marcus Smart hit a three ultimately the Celtics won the second quarter 37 to 23 and for the most part in that second quarter it was starting to look like oh my goodness is this going to be another Milwaukee situation on our hands where basically it was around the same point in the game where you know for the first 16 minutes of the game overall the Thunder are in it and then around the four minute mark of the second quarter against Milwaukee that's when things kind of fell off the wagon same thing happened around this game and going back to that little timestamp I mentioned a minute three left that's where Gordon Hayward hit a three to put the Celtics up 18. That's when things were looking very, very dire. And then all of a sudden, the Thunder go on a cute little 7-0 run, capped off by a Danilo Gallinari made three from the right corner. Wide open, great set play by Chris Paul to find him. And then ultimately capped off by Chris Paul putting the clamps down, and remember that, everybody, on Jason Tatum, who missed his field goal as time expired in the first half. The Thunder now trailed by 11. Much more manageable, much more breathing room, and momentum going into the locker room than being down by 18 or potentially more. And the biggest thing, and I and I knew this as I was watching it, because again, with a minute left, Gordon Hayward hits that three. I'm thinking this is going to be a big time loss. Um, not having Che Gillis Alexander is going to be. It's going to show because they don't have their leading scorer. They're going to miss his near 20 points per game this game. They might even lose by 20. Who knows? But then they go on that 7-0 run, down by 11. Chris Paul forces a tough miss on Jason Tatum as time expired. And then Chris Paul immediately snaps his head back, looks at Dennis Schroeder, and starts clapping really enthusiastically. And he starts pumping up everybody as they're walking to the locker room. And ladies and gentlemen, it's cliche, and it might be even a little corny, and I'll admit it, but that is if that is it. If you've been on the fence about like I don't know, like Chris Paul's leadership isn't that a little overblown? These guys are all millionaires. These guys are all professionals and adults. Do they really need somebody that just basically pumps them up like a motivational speaker? That moment right there shows you why his leadership is important because anybody else, you know, Chris Paul's been called the greatest leader in the NBA by a lot of people, not just Charles Barkley, a lot of people think that. And it's for reasons like this. It takes a special mentality, a special mindset to understand, hey, we damn near blew it this game. We're on the road. We're playing a, a, t a very good team. We don't have Shea Gilles Alexander. We've got all these reasons to just say, you know what, we just don't have it today. But you know what? We got back in the game. Everybody, it, it's a brand new game. 
And Chris Paul's just enthusiasm and instilling confidence in his team as they're going to the locker room. I don't know about y'all. Like, I'm not sitting there rooting for anybody, but it gave me the confidence that, you know what, this is going to be a game in the second half. This is going to be a fun watch. When we get back, we'll jump into the second half, jump into some fun, sexy numbers, and it's time to get hyped for quite a huge game on Wednesday. When you start the hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education and experience? And how will you know you've made the right hire? Well, Indeed is here to help. Millions of candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help create a short list of applicants fast. Also add skills tests to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicant's abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at Indeed.com slash LockedOn and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Offer valid through March 31st, 2020. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. And welcome back to the Locked On Thunder podcast, everybody. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Brady Trantham, and if you can't tell, uh, I should have apologized at the start of the show. I was outside all day, basically Saturday and Sunday. And uh, in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City especially, it was windy. And anytime I'm outside when it's windy for an extended period of time, the next day, allergies, 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 allergies. So I'm trying my best to fight through this. I've got some uh, green juice. I've got some water. I even have some tea right next to my computer as I'm recording this. And also, I hope you're enjoying the sounds of my laundry. I'm recording this at my parents' house. I don't have a washer and dryer in my apartment. There we go. <laughs> and I don't really like laundromats. They're just just not my thing, let's just say. Hopefully the microphone doesn't pick up that much noise. So we get into the second half, and again, the Thunder are trailing by 11. To start the second half off, the Thunder came out on an 11-5 run. And again, when you extend that back to that 7-0 run to end off the second quarter, 18-5 run basically from the minute three mark on, Thunder right back in this ballgame. It started to turn into kind of a back-and-forth affair, but the momentum had clearly shifted onto Oklahoma City's side. And as the third quarter ended, you see the scoring 
scoring tally at 31-21 in a favor in Oklahoma City in the quarter. And a th- another theme started to basically take shape. The Celtics kept shooting threes. And I don't, I don't know about you guys, but the telltale sign of a team that loses momentum and decides, okay, we're not going to go back to the to the thing. We're not going to go back to the things that make us a good basketball team. We're not going to go back to the fundamentals. We're just going to try and keep chucking up threes because I guess in the first place, that's how we got up in the first half. Maybe we'll catch fire again. The thing about that is you rarely ever catch fire again once momentum has been stolen back from you. Rarely. And yes, the Celtics could have hit a three or two here, a three here or there, and the game might have been different. But it just more times than not, when teams lose momentum and they don't go back to defending first or taking care of the little things, their opponent is able to get back into the ball game and further that momentum more times than not, in my opinion. But fortunately for the Thunder, the Celtics kept shooting threes. They, sh- they took 37 of them, hit 13 of them, which again is not terrible. But I feel like a good number of that 13, those 13 made threes, probably came in the first half, especially in that second quarter run. And then we set up the fourth quarter. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, the Thunder trailed by one heading into the fourth quarter at 83-84, thanks in large part to Dennis Schroeder hitting a buzzer-beating three as time expired. And this is when the fun happened. We'll just go ahead and skip to the 221 mark where Chris Paul takes two free throws with the Thunder down one at 100 to 99. Chris Paul makes both of them. Thunder go up by one, 101 to 100. And then some some circus stuff happens. The Thunder force another Jason Tatum miss on a layup attempt. Thunder get the ball back. Chris Paul misses a 26-footer heave at the buzzer. But the Thunder do get the rebound, and then they ultimately get a shot clock violation. Then on the ensuing possession for Boston, Marcus Smart misses a driving layup. Thunder get the ball back, and then boom, Chris Paul, Mr. Clutch Paul himself, who walked into this game with over 150 points in clutch time scoring, which by far leads the NBA, hits a 19-footer to put the Thunder up 103-100 to with a minute 11 left. By no means is that the dagger, but certainly the Thunder had finally cracked and got over the hump. It was a back-and-forth affair. The Thunder might take the lead here. The Thunder might lose the lead there. But they finally had a three-point lead with just over a minute left. Celtics call timeout. And they set up a good little play where Daniel Tice sets the screen and rolls straight to the basket. Uh, Brad Stevens knew full well that Stephen Adams was going to sit high on the shooter. Daniel Tice was wide open, gets the dunk. Gets the dunk. Don't necessarily agree with the defense there from the Thunder. I mean, I understand you don't want to give up a big three, but you also don't want to just give up such an easy basket so quickly because now all of a sudden it's 103-102 Thunder with barely any time off the clock. There's a minute six left. On the next possession, Dennis Schroeder gets a 22-footer. 
blocked in the corner by Jason Tatum. Marcus Smart gets the ball, ultimately gives it back to Jason Tatum, who finishes with a layup. And now all of a sudden, the Celtics are ahead, 104-103. And then potential disaster struck. With 28 seconds left, the Thunder go to the free throw line, and it's sadly it's not Chris Paul, sadly it's not Dennis Schroeder, it's Steven Adams. Bless his heart, but the Thunder are down one. He's probably going to make one, right? He misses both of them, but then Chris Paul gets the offensive rebound, and then Chris Paul misses the layup, and it's just looking like, with 13 seconds left, it's just looking like, wow, this was a game, the Thunder... Could have won against the Celtics once again. The Celtics ride a five-game winning streak against the Thunder. Uh, the previous game in Oklahoma City, the Thunder lost in heartbreaking fashion at the end of the game. But it was a game that they controlled throughout most of it. It's going to be another example where we get on the post-game show and talk about another opportunity lost between the Thunder against the Celtics. But then a miracle happened in the TD Garden. The Celtics... All they got to do is inbounds the ball and don't turn it over. Kimba Walker is going to get it. And he assumes that he's just going to be quickly intentionally fouled. There's 13 seconds left. And then for whatever reason, Kimba Walker decides to trap himself. He gets the ball in the backcourt and runs backwards, thinking he can probably get around Chris Paul, I guess, because he basically just runs straight to the corner, and Chris Paul just stones him right there. And by the time Kim Walker realized what was going on, trying to get around Chris in order to probably give the ball up to somebody, he turns around right at the wrong time for Kimba, but at the right time for the Thunder because there's Dennis Schroeder to poke the ball away. And, you know, in real time, it looked I thought he just straight punched him in the stomach. But Dennis pokes the ball away, quickly grabs it, corrals it, with the Celtics sprinting down court to stop him. Gets the ball a little bit under the rim and then immediately lays it up with eight seconds left. The Thunder lead 105-104 all of a sudden. Celtics call timeout. It it was just incredible. Like I, I put out a little silly video uh, with the uh, Johnny Most call on the uh, from the '87 Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Celtics Pistons. You know, oh, there's a steal by Bird. So I put it out there on Twitter. So just go to my uh, Twitter account at Brady Does Sports if you want to see it. I had fun doing it. But there's still enough time for a shot or two from the Celtics. We all know who's going to get the ball. It's going to be Jason Tatum. And just like in the end of the first half, Chris Paul puts the clamps down on Jason Tatum. He forces a bad miss that the Celtics do rebound. But before they can even get another shot off, because the Thunder quickly scramble on defense, before they can get another shot off, Time expires, and Oklahoma City escapes the TD Garden with a 105-104 victory over the Celtics. They are now winners of 12 of their last 13 road games. They are now currently the fifth seed with a great chance to get the four spot if they're able to beat Utah on Wednesday in Oklahoma City and at least set up a potential season split, which, of course, that will be important come playoff seeding time. The Thunder now have 12, 18-point or more comebacks this season, which by far leads the NBA. I believe the Sixers and the Jazz are second with six. They're the most clutch team in the NBA. Goodness, that was a fun game to watch, even for me. And one more thing before we get out of here that we kind of talked about at the beginning of the show. 
Now, again, when you don't have a starter in Shea Gillis Alexander, you have to have guys step up. You have to do something positive. So you got to give good highlights, good shout-outs to Abdul Nader, who hit two shots. They were both of his three-pointers, so those are, of course, important in a one-point victory. But he had four blocks, a career-high four blocks, and one of them was a clutch block on Jason Tatum that the Thunder desperately needed. In the third quarter, it led to a Lou Dort coast-to-coast layup. So Abdul Nader making positive impacts. Hamadou Diallo did make a three to start the game off. That got the Thunder rolling in the first quarter. Dennis Schroeder with 27 points. The the play of the game in terms of a highlight. In my opinion, the plays of the game were Chris Paul's defense against Jason Tatum in the final possessions of each half. But I understand Dennis Schroeder is going to get a lot of credit, and deservingly so. If the Sixth Man of the Year award is like the Heisman Trophy in college football, and we all talk about, like, does this guy have a Heisman moment? There's your Sixth Man of the Year moment right there. Even Terrence Ferguson made some positive impacts, and we've been critical of him. Only had four points, but was very active on the offensive side of the basketball in terms of moving off ball, forcing his defender to chase him, which, of course, helps spacing. And again, the Thunder shot 10 of 25 from the three-point line, 40%. Spacing, very important when you talk about three-point shooting. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. A little bit longer, a little bit more focused on just one game. But, hey, it was a fun game to talk about. Uh, So as we get closer and closer to Wednesday night's matchup against the Utah Jazz, just want to remind you all that I will be at Flint Restaurant Wednesday night with Madison doing the post-game show for 107.7 The Franchise. And then also today, I'm filling in for Sam Mays at Lucky Star Casino in El Reno and Concho from 3 to 7. So I look forward to that. But everybody, thank you so much for listening to Locked on Thunder. Please leave a review. I would appreciate it. But until tomorrow, I'll talk to you later. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.